You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 21 Questions. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of 21 Questions. I am Craig Stout. I am joined today by one of my favorite humans ever, Big Mike DeVito. Mike, my friend, how you doing today? Great. Man, I've missed you, brother. Thank you for having one. How's everything going? Everything's going great. Yeah, typically we do the defensive film breakdown. My schedule has not allowed for that as of late, and so we haven't been hanging out, you know, as as much every week like we want to very much right now. So I miss it. I miss hanging out with you and DJ. But that said, all you you don't need uh, too much uh, football knowledge to turn on Chief games on Sundays and see good defense be a play. I mean, you don't need I, to explain it to you. It's you know. I didn't think about it that way. We <laughs> we have spent how many years now? Three years now, basically sitting down and saying, hey, listen, here are the good things. Like, I know y'all are down on spags, but here are the good things that we're seeing. Here's the good play. Man, the end of the year and into the playoffs, we didn't have to do that anymore. It, it yeah. didn't take anybody with an analytical brain to understand. It's like, hey, they're good. Craig, <laughs> have, have you seen a defense in Kansas City that Because you know, we always should talk like I know DJ and I would talk about it. I mean, I, I yeah, well, wow, <laughs> you guys, play. that defense was excellent. Oh man, that defense was so good. I, I was blown away. I mean, I don't know if we'll probably talk about it today, but um, just you know, there's the obvious things that you see the coverage, the pass result, but some of the stuff I saw in the run game, the way they played oh. the run. Oh my goodness. I don't know. I, I, like they're just so well coached. It was it's just that defense was spotless. And it was spotless. Yeah, it was. And we spent all of last year kind of talking about how you know they're they're running a lot of basic coverages. They're running a lot of basic run fits and stuff like that. They're not trying to layer too much on these young players. They just want them to play fast. They, you know, Andy Reid talks about it all the time. Steve Spagnuolo subscribes to that same theory and all of that. And then this year they walked into the season. They said, "All right, screw it." We're done running the basic stuff. Now we're running everything. And seeing <laughs> it worked. <laughs> like, it was awesome great. to watch. Oh, it's so, great. great. Uh, so 21 questions here for those who have never listened before is a question and answer show brought to you by the KCSN Discord. If you are a subscriber to the KCSN Substack, you get access to that Discord right now. If you sign up for the KCSN Draft Guide, you get access to the Discord and the Substack and all the wonderful stuff that we're going to be doing all offseason, so make sure you're locked in. These questions are from there. Our first one, Gowsley asked the question, will the Chiefs be more aggressive this offseason to chase history and get a three-peat, or do they stick with a measured approach since it's already been a winning formula? Mike, what do you think? Oh, that's great. I mean, obviously the goal is to get a three-peat. You're, you're going in there. Uh, and that's the primary focus. So the question is, what's the best way to accomplish that? And I feel like every year we talk about, hey, it's getting harder, cap stuff. Every, there's there's always another Hall of Famer that comes up from the draft. And now you, you're gonna, how am I going to play these offensive linemen? So like part of me every year is nervous. Like, how are we going to keep everybody? Right? Because yeah. you can't pay everybody. But yet they figure out a way to do it. And, and you know, obviously Tyree Kill being the one major outlier they they find a way to do it and for those of the you know the guys that they can't keep 
they Veach and Andy have been excellent in the draft with getting guys to fill those positions and come in right away and do it. So, yeah. So what was it? So Craig, so what was the question again? I'm sorry. We, we, do, you, do you want them to basically go all in? Do you want them to just throw a ton of assets, mortgage the future, or just kind of keep it the way that it's been because it's already winning? Or do you just really want to push for that three P? What a fantastic question. I know. That's, yeah. That's a great question. I honestly, I have to think more about it. I get, I, I, I kind of go both ways. I mean, I, I think, in one sense, I love it. Yeah, let's go out and let's spend. Let's keep it absolutely. Well, yeah, loans. Tell everybody, Sneed. Hey, hang on one year. Hey, well, this yeah. is coming down the road. Let's do this three P. Um, so, but then you know, I feel like there have been times, and the Kansas City is a totally different team. But there have been times that teams have done this in the in the past where they've gone big. And I, you know, one time I think about Andy Reid back when he was in Philly, Philly. bringing the yeah. start and it just doesn't it it doesn't work so i don't know i don't know i, I don't know sorry i i'm i'm kind of on the like i would love a three-peat like i mean seriously it, it, it's one thing when we were talking about the chiefs going back to back where you're looking at it you're like you don't need to throw everything in on a back-to-back it's been done before you're you're hoping that you get there and obviously they they do now you're talking about something that's never been done before and that that kind of like Brett Veach is a patient man, and I get that, but there's got to be something that's nagging at him in the back of his head that's going, what if I built a 3 P? What if I built this? You know, Andy's got to be thinking of that. Mahomes has got to be thinking about that. All the players have got to be thinking about that. So, yeah. Craig, what's the position, though? What would be wide receiver again? Like what Wide receiver. Wide receiver, maybe offensive tackle, um, yeah. you know, and maybe you try and make like a strength of strength and you add some more pass rushers. I don't know. Like, you know, try and try and come up with a couple of different things. I the listing obviously there are all the premium positions other than quarterback there that it, it becomes very easy to spend the money on those premium positions just because it costs more to get those guys. I I could see them doing it, but only because it's one of those we have an opportunity to do something that nobody's ever done before. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's excellent. I mean, I would go back and look at what New England did back in the what was it, the early two thousands and do the opposite yep. of what they did. They won yeah. a back from, yeah. they did do the opposite. <laughs> I think I, I think that team just kind of went, we're gonna stay the course until what was that? Like two thousand seven. It was a couple of years later that they went. Oh, never mind. We don't. We don't like how the offense is going. Let's go out and get Randy Moss and and yeah. you know, Les Welker and you know, like just you know, spend all the money on those guys. So, yeah. so what what we're saying is, go get Randy Prime, Randy Moss. Like that's and that's Randy that's all you got to do. And then yeah. still, you know, you know what? But in all honesty, though, Craig, just before we wrap, like if the Chiefs did nothing, I would imagine they'd still be favored to win the Super Bowl. I mean, just they, they have now. They are currently second behind the 49ers, which I get 49ers are very young football team as well. And a very good football team. So like you're, you're in the argument already and you can't can't lose, lose. can't lose. And you got Patrick Mahomes and this is largely coming back. And now all of a sudden I'm talking myself into don't, don't do anything different. Just just go out and keep winning. I know how many times I saw Brady, you know, at least make it to that game or Manning with no offensive line. No wide receivers. You know, you know what I mean? So like Mahomes is on that level where if you stripped everything and just had Mahomes, we're probably still talking the AFC championship. Okay. So this is okay. 
Craig KCSN, because that's my logo on the Discord, is now asking this question because you okay. said that. I'm, I'm, I'm putting one into 21 questions here. As a player within the division, watching a quarterback that does that, you know, when you were playing with the Jets, you're watching Brady consistently go out and do that. Are you just kind of sitting back a little bit in awe, just being like, can you believe he's doing that with no receivers? Can you believe he's doing that with no offensive line? Is that, are you aware that that's occurring? Is that something that crosses your mind? Oh, Craig, it's more misery. It's absolutely misery. As you know, we're never going to win the division. We're always going to be a wild card seed because we can't beat this guy. I was just talking to somebody today. This was my career. I went six years in New York going against Brady twice a year, him winning the division every year. Then I come to Kansas City, go against Peyton Manning and Wes Welker <laughs> twice a year for the whole time. Then I leave, and the next year they gave him a home. I'm like, what? What am I getting? <laughs> so it's like my career was playing those quarterbacks, not making it to any Super Bowls, and then leaving a team that finally gets a quarterback like that, and now I have to watch from the sideline. Yeah, well... Hey, at least we all get to enjoy it now, though. Uh, you know, uh, from from the outside, like yeah, exactly. there's at least a little silver lining there. So. Yeah, now, it's hard. It's hard to get. It's hard to eat when you're preparing for guys like Brady and uh, Manning and now Mahomes. What you what you realize, what the message is right away is first and foremost, we have to be flawless. You cannot make a mistake. Yeah. You can't turn the ball over. You can't get penalties. Like that, if you shoot yourself, you are done. They're gonna they're gonna jump on you, and you'll never be able to catch up. Uh, and so I remember those weeks. Like you had to just we have to be spotless, you know. Huh. That makes sense. That it does. It makes sense. And we talk about it all the time that the Chiefs have a greater margin for error, and we talk about because of Patrick Mahomes, you know, turning that on this. It's the same same side or you know a different side of the same coin. There of oh, hey, we can't screw up because the moment we screw up. It's over, you know. Craig, so yeah. Kansas City, and, and you think about the guys like we. I talk, the coaches talk about the importance of when you're in the playoffs, having guys on the roster who've been there and done that. Not only has this cheap scene had a ton of guys that's been there and done that, but they've had guys that have seen every scenario in every single playoff game at every, being down thirty, being you know this, that, and the other. Going, it's like uh, they're so tempered and ready. Like these moments are not too big for them. You know what I mean? So they go into play, you know, they see this week, 49ers, I had somebody tell me today, 49ers were playing not to lose. Kansas City was playing to win. They they were not shook. They were not flinching. It was just, no, we're going, we've been here, done that. The game's not, you know, this game's not too big for us, which is just incredible. It is. It absolutely is incredible. And to your point, where they've seen every scenario, they're literally one of the first teams now to ever see the new overtime rules too. So right. add another one of those into your pocket exactly. for the next time that you're in the, ah, oh, it's crazy. God, you just blessed his fans. All right. <laughs> so Hanover Fist asks the question, what's your confidence level in, you know, rookie offensive tackle, Wanye Morris stepping in and being the starting left tackle in 2024? If it's, you know, do you feel like he's a guy that's a swing tackle? Do you feel like they should prioritize offensive tackle? Yeah, Hanover Fist is basically alluding to the fact that this might be a sneaky, bigger need for the Chiefs than maybe we're alluding to right now if Donovan Smith walks in free agency. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the key, so, uh, so uh, forgive me, the, the guy's a rookie? Is that a rookie? Well, Juan Yeh Morris. Yeah, he was a rookie this year, played 
four or five games. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. I thought yeah. you were talking about well, no, not a draft pick. No, God, it's on the roster. Already. I thought you were talking about a guy they bit to draft. I was like, I didn't no, 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 no. Yes. Good. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that 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 position, and everybody knows, is absolutely key. I mean, it's crucial. I would say outside of the quarterback position, that's the next most important position. Um, and so. You better be damn sure. And I've been hacking those, you know, Andy Reid, they're going to know if he's ready to do it or not, uh, more straight to do it or not. But you better be, you don't want to play experiment there. You know what I mean? Like you got a guy that you got to say, okay, he's ready to go or he's not ready to go. But the last thing you want is the guy who's protecting, you know, the most vital in protecting Pam Mahomes being a, being a project guy. You know what I mean? Being the guy that you have to make sure, you know, he, you know, what are we getting here? We're not sure. Let's work on him. Um, you know, so I think that if, if Donovan walks, I think you go, I think you look in the draft. I think you still have to, you know, you, you give Morris the, 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 the tip of the hat to go ahead and go, but I would, I would want a first round. Like I'd want that before a receiver. Oh yeah. I, I, I think I'm there the more I think about it and now. And it's not because, oh, Patrick Mahomes can do with anything. No, they still need wide receivers. They, they clearly still need wide receivers. And the more players that are hitting the free agent market, like Mike Evans is now rumored, rumored to hit the market, yeah. where we're talking about Brandon Ayuk potentially being available for a trade. Not to say those guys are going to end up in Kansas City, but it definitely drives the rest of the wide receiver market down a little bit more. So now all of a sudden, I'm a little happier playing in the middle tier wide receiver market, spend that first round draft pick on an offensive tackle. I really wish that they were you know, close enough to go get Joe Alt's son, who he's is a, go. oh my I'm goodness, he's, he's so ready to go. But where would you have to go? Yeah, yeah he's probably top ten. Like he's that level of good, and just is going to be good forever. But that's when you get good offensive tackles. That's yeah. when you're able to target those guys that can play quickly and really build to that immediately. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Mike. I'm looking at that as kind of a round one pick. Correct me if I'm wrong too, but I feel like those offensive line positions are the least risky when it comes to yeah. drafting. I feel like those are the guys that they've done it in college. You, whatever the metrics are, you know that guy's ready to go. Oh, especially you know? if you're getting a guy that you're not like projecting, not like, oh, this guy has one year of experience and he's a little bit raw. There's enough offensive tackles that it's like, yeah, I've, I've been playing for, you know, I'll use Alt as an example. I've been playing at Notre Dame for four years. And guess what? I've been starting forever and I'm a really good tech. The yeah. risk is minimal. You're, yeah. you're, you don't, you don't have to worry about that sort yeah. of stuff very often. So, yeah. 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 All right. Casey from KC asks your thoughts specifically on the interior defensive lineman play in the Super Bowl win and how important that aspect contributed to the success of the defense. My favorite play was Pennell on the. Um, uh, he had on Trent Williams on Trent Williams. Williams, he just, so here's what makes this so great, and this would have been a good one for the for the breakdown. Yeah. So, in Spags's defense, those guys we've talked about it. They're playing run on the way to the quarterback, so they're very attack oriented up the field, going. Now, I was a I was a total opposite. I was a run stopper. In order to be a good run stopper and play the blocks well, it's very hard when you're firing, when you're up the field 100 miles an hour because it puts you behind, it puts you in weird positions when you have to stop and now play into run blocks. 
So I, my, I actually played out of my hips and played into the guy and then took my steps afterwards um, so I could play those blocks well. That's not how Spags teaches. I mean, you see those guys. They're they're hidden. Um, so it's very difficult to play back, back blocks, scoop blocks, things like that in, in this defense because you're usually up the field. But he that was played perfectly. Phenomenal. I mean, I could I could not have played that that well, and I and I would have been at the line of scrimmage trying to read those guys. You know, it's just that was so that was my favorite play, and it just those are the kind of things that make a statement, right? You see that big man in there, he's you know he's holding Williams up with one arm, TFL or whatever it was on the line of scrimmage. I don't know if it was TFL. It, it was a run stop, yeah. That though, you know, it was just like that is a not only was the technique flawless. But that was sort of a momentum changing, uh, in your face, like we're tougher and better than you type play. I just it brought me back to the old old school sort of like that's a Ray Lewis type play where it's just like a nasty hit. Yeah, you just, oh, I I love everything about it. That that was so yeah. So long story short, the interior defensive line did great. Obviously, Chris and and all those guys. But I I was really really. I mean, it, it, it's it, again. It, it just drove on the fact that I'm retired because I I couldn't play in this NFL. They're just they're incredible. So, but yeah, I thought they did great. I I'm so glad you brought up that play, Mike. It, it you know me. We we broke it down enough tape. I jumped out of my chair when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I I did the the moment that they showed. I, I was we were so fortunate to have the reverse angle of that play when they showed the replay. Like I saw it initially. I was like, did. Pinnell do that when they showed the reverse angle I just shot up out of my chair I, I was oh. just so excited that's unreal that's a first team all pro going, yeah. in, going against a guy that was on the street in October and loves being a Kansas City Chief loves 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 being a Chief that was my it might have been might have been my very favorite play of the entire game and that includes the walk-off touchdown like that. Yeah, that's right. That's what play was. That's great, right? Like that, I get more excited about that than the yeah. more defensive guys. That's why we do the defense. This, this, this is why we this is why we hang out, Mike. This, that, <laughs> that's uh that's thinking play, man. I was I was jealous because I'm always like, oh man, these guys don't play the run like we used to, you know what I mean? Like I am there, I'm I'm the old man hating from the chair. And I see and that you see like, that one. Wait, that was miraculous. That was yeah. absolutely miraculous. <laughs> All right, Neil asks, how have you been, Mike, and how was your first year at UMaine? Oh, thank you. I've, I've been really well. Um, it's been nice to be back uh, with a football program. So, well, I don't know if we've talked about it, Craig, but the head coach for the University of Maine was actually a freshman when I was a senior there, and we both played defensive line. So, when he got the head job, I was like, oh, man, I'm in to help however I can. So I've been doing the player development stuff over there. And what's been really nice is, and I've talked about it before, like you, you miss the guys. You miss being a part of something. You miss, you know, being a part of the team with a goal in mind and everybody's trying to do, you know, reach that goal. And you're you're giving your time, your talents, your treasures to accomplish that. And uh, it's been great to be a part of that again. And just like I have to hold back tears when I'm on the sideline. And the guys are coming off and they're capping me up and giving me a hug and saying hello. Oh, it's dude, just like that's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's been great. So th- thank you for asking that. That it's been uh it's been a lot of fun. 
the college game, it's amazing how much it's changed, Craig, um, with especially with the NIL and the transfer portal oh, and all sure, that it, it seems much more like the NFL now than it did when I when I was playing. I mean, <laughs> you're basically in free agency all year and you're just yeah. constantly trying to keep your best players. And so it's challenging in that respect, but I'm I'm really enjoying being around the guys. And, you know, you're also, especially in the player development role, I'm trying to help them get ready for life too. So it's not just, you know, these guys on the field, but trying to give them resources and assets and all these things so that when they get out into the real world, they can, you know, it help them be more successful. So I'm enjoying it. No, that's awesome. That That's awesome. And I, when I saw Neil ask that question, when I was scrolling through here and I saw him ask that question, I was like, oh, that's perfect. I know Neil, thanks. talking about it. So yeah, yeah, thank that's, you. that's a great one. All right, man, we are going to take a small break and we will be right back to answer more of your questions. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back with more of your questions. This one from Derek in the Mountains. He says, I want Mike's impressions on Tommy DeVito hype this year. Also, any relation? <laughs> Tommy DeVito, I so I love. So I've been following Tommy DeVito since he, he was in college, just because of his last name. Ralph, yeah. I, I have loved, but he, you know, I, it's so hard to come into the NFL, especially this NFL, as a rookie and have any sort of success, let alone come in as a rookie at quarterback in the goal and have – and New York is hard. I love this. You would know. Yeah. It's hard. That is that the hardest position in the NFL is playing new, playing quarterback in New York. Um, And I thought he did he did a great job. He rolled with it. The thing is, he's a, he's a humble guy. He's a nice guy. Um, but he, he rolled with it and he did a great job and, uh, I'm rooting hard for, for Tommy. Um, I don't, he's not a relative person. So Tommy's more, if you look at Tommy, he's like the Jersey shore Italian, right? Where he's down there and he's drinking all, what is it? A Long Island iced tea. And he's the yeah. tech. Yeah. Now my kind of DeVito Italian is a guy in a deli in Brooklyn with a track suit on and he's like <laughs> three, three pounds. Like, those are the those are the kind of DeVitos that are in my uh <laughs> in my bloodline. 
Uh, I, I don't have too many of the Jersey Shore types. Tommy's he's more chiseled, better looking guy. You know, sounds like you're describing a front. Yeah, it sounds like. No, that's that's a good one there. KC from KC asks the most cookie societies that you have pounded in one day, and your favorite flavor. Do do you know how many you've taken down in one day? Because I actually set a record when I was in Dallas over the Shrine Game (laughs) weekend. I don't know how many I did, but I will tell you this story. So Jeff and I were doing, or no, 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 I was doing a different podcast up here, and uh, we were we were supposed to. I bought a twenty four pack. And we were going to go through the 24-pack together on the podcast and rate all the different cookies. Sure. And um, that box never made it to. I got it like three days early in the mail. It was gone. There was, there was nothing. I was like, guys, I'm, that, I ate every single one. Uh, those oh, are perfect. What's my favorite one? Um Gosh, the banana pudding one. It's so good. Has the oh. thing at top. What's amazing to me about those cookies is if if they had one that was like bacon double cheeseburger with a side of fries and a Diet Coke, it's going to taste exactly like it's like the Willy one. Yes. Spot on. It's like it doesn't taste like a cookie. Like whatever the thing is there that it's supposed that they're the flavor is, that's exactly what it tastes like. Thank yeah. you. everything. I'm just like, this is this is banana pudding. How am I eating this right now? You know, it's. I mean, it it's insane. My favorite one is the salted caramel, the, but the banana oh, pudding yeah, is way nice. up there as well. Yeah, when we were in Dallas for the Shrine Game, obviously, you know, that's that's the home of Cookie Society. Yeah. We actually darted in the day before the AFC Championship game happened to be in the area, so bounced in to uh, to pick some up and happened to run into Jeff's wife. Oh, he was running by there. So we got to say hi. And BJ, you know, knew her from before. So we got to say hi and all of that. So I picked up a box and um, housed all but one of the box. <laughs> I got to the end and I went, I shouldn't eat all of these. Like, that's how good they are. It's They're just so it's insane. You just can't look at the nutrition label. I, I had like, oh, no, slutty. No, I listen. I walked in. It's just like, I don't, I don't care. No. It does not matter. I'm going to be, you know. That's it. That's this, what you're going to do. Yeah. Craig, Ugh. Craig, I looked at the nutrition label for five guys one time, and I was I can't go back. I just can't. Yeah, like, don't. don't, no, I'm like, don't I refuse to look at nutrition labels. Like, don't I, I don't ruin that for you. No, I can't ruin <laughs> All right. Kyle C. said, and you actually might have answered this already by saying the quarterback in New York the hardest position to play in the NFL. He actually asked that question. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the quarterback in New York, is it is you have to be a different breed like this i have a ton of respect for eli manning because uh yeah down year over there like that was the biggest difference and listen i'm you know i'm from new york my family i i I have everybody's out there so i love new york um they are tough i mean i'll just just my family alone i'll go home to cape cod or wherever new york wherever they are and if I w- I'll walk in and my cousin will be like, you look like shit. That'll be the foot of their neck. They're about to shave or something. That's the first, Craig, it's the first thing out of their mouth. So it's just like that. It just encapsulates. Like there's no filter. There's no grace. No, not very blunt. So like 
playing quarterback in New York, you have to have the thickest skin, right? Skin like an armadillo. And when I look at like the Jets, they have struggled to find that guy. That's why I think I'm. That's why I think Aaron Rodgers is that guy because oh, he doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care about it. Hey, hey, he doesn't. I feel like he goes looking. He goes looking. <laughs> yeah, he does. You know what I mean? Like so, he doesn't care. But like Sam Darnold, um, Zach Wilson, um, these guys are like talented guys, but I think they just yeah. they don't have the skin for New York. Uh, they don't have that thick skin, and so, um, so yeah, I think so, and, and that's why I, I put Eli Manning up there as one of my, you know, some one of the best quarterbacks I played against. Not because he was not just because he was so successful, but he did it in New York over a long period of time with a lot of ups and downs, and you <laughs> there to be some hard nights <laughs> over there for you. But I mean, like, especially since as you know, this this conversation is going to come to fruition sooner rather than later, and you know, Eli's getting in to the hall. Like, yeah. I think we all believe that Eli's getting into the hall. But there was always that comparison between him and Philip Rivers, and I'm not trying to take Philip Rivers down a peg, but Philip Rivers was beloved in San Diego. Like, yeah. they loved him. Like, and they, and, and you know, he was a lovable guy for them. It was not a hard thing for him to go and stand up on that podium. And sit there and be like, yeah, you know, we charged it away again. Yeah, <laughs> like, it went pretty, pretty okay, Phil. Yeah. Okay, Phil, you'll get them next year, buddy. Chargers, Chargers fans that love everybody. They love the opposing team. They're just like, everybody's so happy over there. It's 80 degrees. And I know. Like, yeah, it's just got to be a product of the environment, man. That, that, that has to be it. But then you contrast that with Eli, who Eli, you know, throw for 250 three touchdowns but one interception that maybe at the end of the game you know is the deciding factor and it's hey when are you going to retire you're terrible right you know it's like that's it i've been on that field we, we did like it's like week two right in the in jet stadium and we're serious and you know uh there's a fumble or something and they're booing us off the field like go off like we just started it why not well that, that's but and that was like a, that contrast right there, Craig. When I got out to Kansas City, it's, it's total opposite. Kansas City was very much like similar to San Diego. In like, we got your back. We're behind you. We're not that. Not that New York fans don't have their back, but it was no, very, no. You know they just they present it in a completely yeah, different way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it. It is. We are displeased by this in Kansas City or you know other places. San Diego. It's well, we're displeased by this. We will only tolerate this for another four or five years before we're willing to be vocal about it. Meanwhile, the Jets, it's like, hey, this is preseason and we're going to move you off the field. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly yeah. yeah. Craig, you nailed it. That's exactly right. Love it. Love it. Go to New York. Play quarterback. <laughs> Mama, don't let your kid become a New York quarterback. That's what it is. All right. Uh, Christian Gumminger asked kind of a tongue-in-cheek quote right here. How good is Mahomes going to be when he's in his prime? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's still 28. Still going up. Well, this I mean, is on the new, right? This has been in, you heard um, Teddy Bursty talking about the comparing Brady's first six years to um, Mahomes' first six years and how, you know, Mahomes is just superior compared to, it I mean, not out superior, but um, clearly ahead. Correct. Clearly ahead. And so I thought, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I, I go back and forth because at least, so just 
to, to a side because I'm thinking about what Brewski said. And so comparing Mahomes and Brady, um, you know, when we were back then, they Patriots, everybody ran the football like crazy. So I want, so like when you talk about the passing stat comparison between Tom and Pat, sometimes I wonder, you know, what would Brady have been like in the NFL in 2024 right. compared to right. 2001 when they, their primary personnel was 22 person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they just rammed a lot of action passing. Yeah. 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 But back to the, to the question, I mean, it is, it's just, it's incredible. And the thing is, you look at, Tom Brady, what he did, he gets done, and we're thinking we're never going to see that again. We'll never see anybody do that again. I put him above everybody. Right. Uh, uh, when you come even across sports, the Michael Jordans, the um, uh, the Tiger Woods, all I think Tom Brady is the best athlete of all time. And what he did over the course of however twenty something years is just mind blowing. So I'm thinking you're never going to see that again. And then Mahomes comes along and. We have a chance to see that again. And yep. maybe even in the NFL now, you look at the first what? The first 11 years of Brady's career before the the, the new CBA? Those those were hard years. And it's just getting, yeah. you know. So, I mean, you look at what you how long these guys can go now, given how practices are cut back, pads are cut back. Uh, you know, Mahomes could play the, the way they protect the quarterback. Oh, yeah. physically, if God willing, you know, he could play uh, forever. I mean, it's like a punter kicker now, you know, he kind of is. Yeah. So we really could see somebody surpass Tom Brady, the greatest athlete of all time. I mean, it's just, it, it's hard to fathom. There are a few guys, Brady is one of them. Jerry Rice is another one that I think of that I'm just like, you know, they're like Gretzky-esque records yeah, where you're yeah. just like, no, that is insane there's nobody that's ever touching any of those records ever because it's insane the longevity and not just the longevity it's not just like oh i'm kicking around on this squad and they're doing me a favor because i still want to play football and i'm getting 5300 yards a year he, he's still putting up thousand yard seasons yeah, yeah. it was 40 like it's just, it, it's insane what some of these guys did and i wrote an article this week talking about how if this rate the Kansas City Chiefs have been on, which is insane, you know, yeah. for the part, start of Patrick Mahomes' career. If they do it for another seven years, which again is insane to think about, but they've done it. <laughs> so, like, it, it yeah. could happen again. If he does it for another seven years, he basically takes all of Tom Brady's postseason records. Isn't all of them. Insane. I think Tom Brady's played in more postseason games than I played in regular season games. And, you know, <laughs> And he's gonna and and Mahomes can surpass all of that. I mean, it's just insane. But look at what they've done with since exactly just incredible, man. Exactly, he's gonna be second all time in touchdown passes next year in the postseason. Next year, he's barely started this. I mean, and referencing Jerry Rice, Travis Kelsey beat his receptions record, and if he has the exact same postseason that he just did. This past year, when everybody said, oh, he's washed up, he's done, and all of that, he takes his Jerry Rice's yardage record and his touchdown record away from him as well. Which this, is which is totally due, which is like almost done. He's coming, yeah. you know what I mean? I know. It's, it's absolutely silly. So, I mean, I know that Christian Gubberger has, you know, tongue-in-cheek, how good is he going to be in his prime? But seriously, 
Mahomes yeah. isn't there yet. To your point, he could play for a very, very, very long time. We are witnessing greatness right now, and it's wild to be well, sitting here right now and just being like, oh, yeah, all of those are going to be hits. Like, well, thanks. the thing is, I think of the mental growth that I had that a lot, and a lot of other players have right at the point where Mahomes, what is he, year seven, year eight, something like that? Year, like, it's, is it six or seven? Yeah, yeah, year six. He, so, like, yeah. He's, so, like, you you hit a time period where you really learn the game even more. Like you're just like, oh, you're yeah. getting a little bit older. So he's coming up on that now, where he's you know he could double and triple down and get even better than he is. Yeah, you're right. It's nuts. It's it's insane. It's absolutely insane here. So, yeah, okay. Just DRK love Spags is his name on on the Discord here. I do as well. Uh, if Chris Jones leaves, do the Chiefs? try and play in like a Christian Wilkins, Justin Matabuke market? Or do you think that they try and fill out the defensive line with some, you know, he calls them tier two or tier three star. You know, not trying to go out and break the bank for an elite guy. Do they try and kind of fill it out a little bit more and change the approach a little bit on the interior there? Yeah, now that's interesting. I would say the latter. And I think just because, you know, it's like, when I played with Rebus, right? When you have somebody that's that dominant, you you can alter and adjust the entire defense because you have one player that can shut down certain elements of the game by himself. So Chris is that guy, right? Where it's just like he's so dominant that that you know ever it just frees up everybody else and spags defensively, play calls, all of this stuff. You're not worried about you know B gap to B gap. There's just nothing to happen. Um, so there's all kinds of different things that you can do. You can't, I mean, how, oh, there's nobody else like him. So I there's think, him. yeah, I think if he goes, I think you change it up. Uh, you you go with it. And then going with the tier two guys can still get a lot done. Oh, yeah. And you can free up money to pay all those Hall of Famers that you got. But Craig, we talk, you know, pass rush is important. We're getting, up, getting pass rushers. But we we watch you know we do the defensive film room. Nobody's running power in the A and B gaps. You know what I mean? So like you you don't you take away the entire run scheme. <laughs> you that's eliminate it from your playbook because that's right. Is there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So I think you can get a lot done with a tier tier two group you know, better than I ever was, but tier two group. Um, again, freeing up cap space for other people, and but I, but. Ultimately, yeah, hopefully you don't let Chris go. You know, I think you try yeah. hard as hell to keep him. But uh, but yeah, no, I I think that that's probably a place, if he does go, that again, you see them step back, allocate those funds to, you know, Creed and Trey have to be up on contract soon. Uh, yeah, that would be next year, as well as Bolton. Okay. And, uh, buddy. I don't, and Lajerry Sneed obviously up on a car. Yes, they could, he, they could, you, they could tag him and try and get a deal done this year. There's a whole lot of guys, and it, you know, again, I know that I said this on the lab, but I'll say it here in front of Mike. If you listen to Steve Spagnuolo talk for 30 seconds after the Super Bowl about anything, all you're going to come away with is, yeah, they're they're paying Bolton a whole lot of money. Like yes, he right. is, he's the engine for this defense. Yeah, so no, it's no. happening. So yeah, no, no. it frees up money by, by doing that. I, I agree with, with your sentiment there. And especially since they definitely trust this coaching staff, Joe Cullen has done wonders with it. Yeah. So 
they might try and go a little younger with that, might try and go in some of those mid-tier guys and try and fill it out, bring in a veteran or two. I mean, Mike Mike Pinnell obviously loves playing for this team. You know, they didn't bring, keep, keep him on the roster. Derek Naughty was on a one-year deal this year. See what see how he's doing coming back from injury. Like there's lots of guys like that's just make all the sense in the world to try and build that out if Chris Jones walks. So exactly. I, yeah, I, I think that if there is a position, like again, I do think they're gonna try and get something done. But if the price tag is too high and there that is the position that I'm looking at, that they're gonna go, okay, we're not gonna spend a ton. We're gonna trust in our coaching staff to get the job done because why wouldn't you? Seriously, I mean, like, how many games did and and but just the, it's the nature of the position. We've seen Chris Jones do things that have changed the course of a game, right? For, Otherworldly, yes. Mm-hmm. But like, how many t- Sneed does that week in and week out? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So like that, just that position isn't going to change the game. That even when you have somebody like Chris Jones. It's not going to be a continuously changing the game. It's just not that Spock isn't conducive to that. So you're right. So, yeah, if you're going to take a step back anywhere, that's the place. Especially when you've got linebackers like the Chiefs have, you know? Get a couple of guys that can keep them clean. Get get, get this version of Mike DeVito on that's that it. To Keep them clean so that Nick Bolton, that's it. Tranquil, Leo Chanel can go wreck havoc back. That's, right? that's a good way to think about it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I like, I'm a bit. Andy's still got my number. Give me a call. Hey, there you go. <laughs> you should text him and let him know that you <laughs> talked about this. And he, his exact comment will be, Craig, who? Vino? <laughs> 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 what was that? Was he here? Vino? Are you related to Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the All right. the Giants? Yeah. Grayson Jaspers asked the question, who is more likely to be on the roster in 2024, Kadarius Tony or Justin Ross? I think personally, I, I I think it's Ross. If I had to choose one of those two, Kadarius Tony being a healthy scratch throughout the entire playoffs and the stuff off the field, I I just that's the thing. That's, I, I think the team's done. Like, Andy Reid doesn't play that stuff. He doesn't. Right. Uh, he doesn't play that stuff. He will. He will. And I don't know the truth of the matter with that, or if that was correct. That was like a, you know what? Nowadays, those clips get cut out of context, and they could be from that's years true. ago. Um, but you know, but the chiefs know, and if that, you know, if that really was, you know, Tony venting on there and talking all that crap, Andy Reid has stopped. He's not playing that. He, he doesn't care how good you are. Uh, he's not playing that game and guys know, guys know that. Um, so yeah, so I would say Ross over, over Tony. There was a quote that came out from, I can't remember. It was a former player, former guy that played under Andy that basically said something. It's like, yeah, uh, the most pissed off I've ever seen Andy get was giving another team bulletin board material or, or you know, being, you know, loud towards the fans or social media. Like, no, you don't do that. That's, that's not it at all. And the fact that they healthy scratched him a number of times in the playoffs would kind of indicate that maybe they're done with it. So, yeah, I, no, I that's right. sad end of the story for, for him there. But yeah, I do, I do think that it's probably Justin Ross. Okay. Our last one here, Neil asks you know, a, a football question here after his excellent main question. It says, Mike, is there actually an element of trying to hold on to plays or holding back on schemes for the playoffs? Or is that something 
that we say as fans to try and convince ourselves that our teams will be better in the postseason? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. You know, the, the, so the installs that go in during OTAs and training camp, you know, when you look at the ent- entirety of a playbook, they're, they're gigantic. And so whether it's holding back or whether you just naturally get to the playoffs and still have a ton of bullets in the, well, still have a ton of options, um, you know, a ton of plays in there. Uh, I don't, that's a good question. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, I want to say that if, I don't think you hold back because every week you're getting into that week and we, it's win at all. You know, it's win now. You're not worried about, oh, but you know, if we run this down, we won't be able to run it, you know, in the wild card game. I mean, I don't think that that's the thought. I just think that especially Andy Reid, um, he just has so much that he can do that uh, I think it's just a product of, hey, we haven't run this all year. We did it in camp. Let's break it out. You know, this is a perfect time for it. And Andy Reid is, he is great at figuring out where a defense is weak and, and highlighting that weakness with various plays. I mean, he's just, he's just incredible at it. And so, uh, yeah, so I think it's, I don't think it's more of them holding back. I think it's more of just the fact that there, there are so many plays that that offense knows how to run that they, they'll have plenty left over to use in the playoffs that haven't been out Yeah. And I mean, it, there, there's also so many, just the most minute tweaks to to plays on offense or on defense like you're you're seeing stuff that they're playing that they're gonna layer stuff on top of and so maybe it looks like oh well they were holding that back because they wanted to run it against this certain team now that's not to say that you know they come up against like a running quarterback or something after playing a whole bunch of pocket passers in the first right. run yeah obviously you you were unleashing some of the stuff that you're gonna do for that but you know, I, I don't think it's as simple as just saying, okay, well, we're just not going to run any of that stuff as all. And yeah. I'm just trying to get by. I know the sense of urgency every week is just as high. You know, it's like you're trying as hard as you can to get to the playoffs. So you're throwing everything at them every yeah. week. Yeah. There's no, I, I, I make the joke all the time that Andy Reid would love to win every game 13 to 10 and not show anybody anything just so he has the full playbook to yeah. open up in the postseason. But in reality, that's not the case. You know, he, he's diving into stuff. We see tweaks on it every single week. But I, I think to the point of trying to be your best in the playoffs, when you get into a rhythm, when you get into it with you know really good coaches, I know you played for some as well. You played for Andy, Rex Ryan. These guys know how to build throughout the season. It's not as simple as, okay, week one, we're coming out, we're doing everything, we're we're 100%, we're doing everything we can. Yeah, I believe Bill Belichick even said at one point in time, it's like, it doesn't matter what my team does in September. We want to win, but we need to be playing at our peaks in December. So it's about ramping up towards that. And so, yeah, you can speak to that a little bit, playing for some coaches that obviously knew how to do that. Well, and you brought Bill Belichick up. I mean, he so now you have me thinking a question in my original because Belichick will change the whole dang defense in the middle of the season. That's true. Remember years they started as a four three and then week eight it is a three four. four. It's yes, insane like, that he's able to do that. Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that's uh maybe there's more maybe he might have been one that was holding up. Yeah. I'm pretty, mm-hmm. I have a great point. Like also, as you're going through the season, you're adapting, you're learning, you're seeing what you're good at, not good at. 
you're installing new things based on, oh, actually, we're really good at this, right? Sneed is actually like Rita. So now we can do more stuff over here. Um, so you're right. So the defense isn't here's everything and then it's static, never changes throughout the whole season. It adapts, new stuff comes in. So you're you're right. That's a good point. Yeah. It's just it's one of those and I wonder if we're gonna see Andy Reid evolve his approach at all. I you hate to just walk into every season and say you're in the postseason, but also when the results kind of kind of show that, you know, hey, do enough to get there and, and we'll do it. I, I, I wonder if there will ever be kind of a different approach to it. I mean, I I hope not because I, I part of part of what I do on KC Sports Network is talk about this team in the regular season and I would like it to continue to, to really matter. So we'll see you next no, long, Yeah, you can you imagine if, if if we get to if we get to August and I'm just like, okay. Well, cool. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back at the end of December, and or it, now it's January. Now we're yeah. back in January, and you know we'll, we'll cover the postseason. Like, cover the, that's what we do. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that's really what matters. It, it, yeah, it's just absolutely <laughs> saying that they're that there's this successful and all that. I want to thank everybody for asking such wonderful questions. I want to thank Big Mike DeVito for joining me. This was a lot of fun, brother. I really enjoy doing this each and every time I get to do it with you. I'm Craig Stout. For everybody here at KCSN, be kind to each other, and we will catch you later.